0: Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
1: Uh, Woke up this morning. Da 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 bow. That's all I got.
0: Uh in don't,
1: I other don't words.
0: Uh <laughs> was it from the Sopranos? It is, Yay! Woo. oh boy, you got my awesome. I no, it's the yeah. I have no idea what the song is called, but I remember that from the show. So I just know the woke up this morning. After that, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You're the usually words. the lyric master. I like how that's how all you got. I was like woke up this morning. I was like, there's a thousand songs that start with woke up this morning. Oh no, you got it. You nailed it. So oh, I, I clearly did awesome. I think the baum ba baum ba baum nee nee thing got me a little further. <laughs> I don't know how in the hell that got you any further, but I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too. How's it going, everybody? You are listening slash watching an episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong.
1: How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. My voice is back to normal.
0: Mine is still struggling a little bit because now I'm at VidCon, another convention, and more yelling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're in the midst of it. You go to tons of conventions. I go to very few. So your voice probably is in big trouble. It's not going to have a lot of rest. You're like those athletes, how they talk about having back-to-back game days and on yeah. the second day. You're on a back-to-back right now. You're I'm on a the
0: back-to-back, the... Back, yeah. Or the, when they do uh, two-a-day practices, you know? Yeah. That's where I'm at right
1: now. <laughs> That's okay. We'll muddle through it. Uh, our topic today is something we probably should have done an episode about a long time ago, but it's 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 topical because we just got back from GP Vegas. We're going to do sort of a guide or a walkthrough about how Grand prix work. Um, and and why they're awesome and why you should go to them, and we're going to tie in all the GP Vegas experiences we had as sort of examples. So it's going to be a good one for people who haven't been to a GP, or, or maybe you have, but you haven't been to a huge one like GP Vegas, uh, and also if you're just interested in what happened at Vegas. But before we get into all that, we need to talk about our awesome sponsors, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link, you should use it because you'll be supporting the show, keeping the lights on. You're going to buy magic cards anyway. If you use the affiliate link, then you help this show. And you also get your cards as fast as possible. Hour of Devastation stuff is on pre-order right now. If you want our awesome preview card, Unesh. oh yeah. Uh, Sphinx Sovereign, which is a pretty awesome card. And I'm getting more excited the more I think about it. Then you can pre-order that right now and it'll be on your doorstep basically as soon as the set comes out.
0: Ooh, that's awesome. Another way to support the show is because of our second sponsor, Ultra Pro. And actually you might see some footage cut in here of Ultra Pro and Card Kingdom because they were huge parts of our gathering at Vegas. They provided over like 300 pairs of dice, metal dice to give away at our giveaway. We have this picture of everyone raising them up. But yeah, Ultra Pro has been an awesome sponsor of the show. They're super generous and they're also dedicated to making higher quality products all the time. As is, of course, demonstrated by their most recent sleeves, the Eclipse sleeves. We can all agree they're freaking awesome. And UltraPo's been doing a great job.
1: And the final way you can support this show is directly on Patreon, patreon.com slash command zone. You can contribute directly. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Nick, Nick D'Angelo. D'Angelo.
0: Nick. Sick. You rock. You do rock, Nick. More like sick, D'Angelo. Am I I right? Um, (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's bust right into the main topic. Now, if you are listening to this podcast, I suggest you watch it instead because we have a ton of footage from the GP. So you might see yourself there, someone you recognize, uh, or even a famous magic celebrity um that means not the professor but uh yeah make sure you guys I mean, tune. He's probably
1: in there too yeah, he's, eh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah make sure you guys check out the video if you can there's gonna be a lot of really cool shots throughout
1: yeah and big shout out to terry robertson who is the editor of this podcast you may have heard us mention him a lot he was actually on site all four days at the gp taking all this footage working his butt off he was everywhere yeah. all the time with that camera so he's the reason we have all this footage so big shout out to terry Great work. Okay, so GPs, Jimmy, I think, you know, a lot of people are sort of intimidated by the idea of big gatherings of Magic players or GPs or that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think in general, like being like, hey, do you want to go to a place with 500 people running around or 1,000-plus people? That in itself is intimidating, and it's something that if you've never been to a GP or a large-scale convention, could be really intimidating for good reason, but you should not be scared. It's not some kind of cutthroat crazy environment. This is a celebration of magic on a city-by-city basis. And, uh, you know, we've been to GP Vegas two times now, and we're going to help lift the veil on the whole thing and and just make it, you know, so it's understandable what it is, why it's great, and also why you should go and participate in one if you ever get a chance.
1: I do also think that GPs have, uh, there's sort of a misconception about them that they are really about the tournament. And if you're not involved in, like, like a GP will get announced, and they usually announce a format that that GP is, so it'll be limited, it'll be standard, it'll be modern, mm-hmm. it'll be legacy. And people will think to themselves, well, I don't play that thing, and so there's no reason for me to go to that GP. But really, that's just a very small part of what the GP is. I think the GPs used to be more about the tournament and what mm-hmm. we call the main, that's called the main event, you know, the, the modern tournament that is the Grand Prix, but... That's actually become less and less emphasized as far as what these GPs are. And like you said, they've become more like conventions. And maybe, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there, Jimmy, that haven't
0: been to really a convention either. Do you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, I mean, so I've been to a few conventions in my a few. day. <laughs> I'm at one right now. It's called VidCon. And the thing is with conventions is they're always going to be different and they're usually specialized to one thing. So Anime Expo is a convention that happens in Los Angeles every year that is focused on all things anime. However, if you're just a cartoon fan, you could still go to an anime convention and there's so much there for you to engage with. There are artists that do commissions on the spot. There are people that are going to be cosplaying as, you know, someone from Gravity Falls, even though it's an anime convention and that it's an American cartoon. So it's, it's really a lot broader than what it may look like on the surface. And I think that applies definitely here to Magic as well.
1: Yeah, it's a gathering of people and, you know, and companies and, and things like that, that sort of revolve around the thing that you love. So that's more what a Grand Prix is than a magic tournament. So let's start at the beginning, you know, us just walking in to the convention hall or to the event. This is a question we get asked constantly. How do I get in? How much does it cost?
0: Uh, About $1,000 per head if you want to play in any of the side events. Actually, no, it costs nothing. The most you're probably going to pay to walk into the convention center is to pay for parking or to pay for a taxi to get you to the convention center. There are no entrance fees, however. It it is come in as you please. The doors are open to anyone and everyone.
1: Yeah, you don't even need a badge or anything for the event. Some things like Comic-Cons and VidCon is one of those where you do need to pay a fee to get in. When we say it's like a convention, it's like an open convention. You, uh, The Grand Prix, anybody can just walk into it. Uh, you don't need any money to just go in and walk around. Now, like Jimmy said, for some of the events, you obviously have to pay. Like if you're going to draft, just like going to your local store, then you have to pay an interest fee, entrance fee for that draft. But you don't need to pay anything to go to the convention hall or get into the GP. Yeah, um, And you, you think- can very conceivably go to a GP – and spend 0 dollars for an entire day of entertainment. And
0: I've done this like it's not hard to do. Yeah, it's actually great to do. I mean, and here's the thing it's like you're not going to be able to just sneak into the main event. That that's why they're not worried about people needing badges or anything because all your parents go up on a board. You know, they've already registered your name beforehand. So that's why it's, you know, that's great because if you want to participate in an event, great. Then you can throw the money down towards it, register and do all that stuff. But otherwise you can have $0 spent, find a corner with some people playing Commander, make some new friends and literally just jam games of Commander all day. So let's talk about the experience
1: of actually, you've gotten to the convention hall. You're about to walk in to where the GP is located. It'll be a very large room. Uh, GP Vegas was a huge room. Uh, Not all GPs are quite this big. But you're going to walk inside, and you're going to see a lot of people, a lot of tables. But you're also going to see a lot of booths set up. Um, And there's going to be a whole ton of different things you can do besides just play Magic. So, for instance, there's going to be a ton of vendors. And by vendors, we mean basically little card shops. They're going to have set-up booths, and they're going to have tons of stuff. And usually at these things the vendors bring sort of their highlights, the the best stuff they've got, the cream of the crop.
0: Yeah, so it, this varies, right? So some vendors are going to be there just to sell their top singles, and they're going to have grade 9.5 Black Lotuses in their case. Some vendors are going to be more broad and sell a lot of really cool dice or like old magic paraphernalia and pins and other things. And some vendors are going to have like playmats from really old GPs, stuff that you just can't really get online unless you had to go scour eBay or something for it. But you know these are vendors that are just like your LGSs, so you can make friends there. A lot of times, they'll help cut a deal with you if you're making a larger order. And so it's definitely the kind of place that I love walking around to because every vendor is different, every vendor does something differently, and every vendor has different prices. So there's a mini game there. If you're looking to buy a certain card, you can be like, hey, who's going to get me the best price on this slash who's going to help cut me a deal?
1: Yeah, and I really like that aspect of you can find stuff here that you wouldn't be able to find definitely at your LGS because they're just bringing in stuff from all over the place, and they really want to stand out. And the And the fact that they have to compete with each other in a small space does tend to be advantageous as far yeah, as
0: pricing. totally. Oh, there's also Artist Alley, and this happens on different scales at every GP, which is basically... Actually, actually, this happens in a lot of normal conventions, too. This is why I love going to Anime Expos for their Artist Alley. But basically... A bunch of magic artists are always asked to come out to these Grand prix and meet fans and give signatures on cards that they painted uh, and also be selling stuff like artist proofs, which are the versions of the cards that are sent to each artist after they do a card uh, with a white back. So it's not tournament legal, but it is 100% commander legal. And I am a giant fan of artist proofs. I, I love the fact that artists can draw on the back and do something really custom and I also just love that you can get foils of cards that would other be otherwise be really hard to to attain. In fact, this one story that you told me, Josh, made me really jealous that I did not get in on it.
1: Yeah, you can find crazy deals from the artist proofs. Uh, just to explain that a little further, when an artist is commissioned and their art is approved for a Magic card, they will be sent copies of that card, artist proof copies, like Jimmy said, with a with a blank back, um, a certain number for each card that they did for that set. So they end up with a bunch of these, and a lot of times what they do is they go to these GPs, and, you know, they're to make a few extra bucks and, and to hand them out to fans, they, they sign them and they sell them for certain prices. And you can find insane deals on this stuff. For instance, the artist of the card expropriate, whose name is Zach Stella, was selling... Oh, and we should say, the artist proofs are foil. Um, so he was selling... Oh, yeah. ...signed copies of foil expropriates for $15. This was a crazy deal that sort of a lot of people heard about and I was able to get a hold of one through a generous fan actually because by the time I found out about it, Zach had upped the price because he he had sold out most of them. Um, but we had a nice listener who heard I was looking for one and he had snapped up the deal early and gotten a few and, and was like, I heard you wanted one. Here you go. Wow. Uh, th- thanks for the content. So I got lucky there. Um, But that's the type of stuff you can find at a GP. That kind of thing happens. In fact, Jimmy, you've also been happy to get like signed playmats or custom playmats by artists before.
0: At GP Vegas 2015, I got to buy a custom uh, lightning bolt playmat from Christopher Rush, who is one of Magic's most well-known artists. And unfortunately, he passed away between that GP Vegas and this one. But now that playmat to me is, is really special. You know, he signed it. I got to meet him in person. And he was one of the most legendary artists ever for Magic. And I think there's a lot of artists that are slowly getting to that level as well. And this is a great chance to meet them. Otherwise, you know, they they are not the types potentially to have meetups and stuff. So Magic Grand Prix are a great opportunity for them to get the chance to flex and meet fans and, and sign a bunch of cards too.
1: Yeah, uh, I also, my cousin Ryan, he likes to go and have, um, pay a little bit and have the artists make custom tokens. Uh, so he has a whole binder that's just a custom token made by like all of his favorite Magic artists. Basically, it's a really cool thing that the artists are all there. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can sort of take advantage of that for your own unique personality for your decks and your magic cards. Uh, It's one of the great things about GPs.
0: Yeah. And finally, of course, there are people like us walking around. If you go to a GP around the Canada area, there's a great chance you're going to see Loading Ready Run. If you go to a GP around San Francisco, you're probably going to see the professor. You know, so it's a great way to meet cosplayers as well. Like you'll see Sprinkle, Christine Sprinkle at a lot of these Grand Prix as well. It's a great chance to meet some of these people face to face, and you know, in the same way that GP Vegas was awesome, meet other people that are fans of the same content, thank your content creators, and get a picture with them, play a game with them, do a- any number of awesome things.
1: Yeah, that's one of the great things is you really get to interact with those people, uh, and and we played games with many different uh, fans and listeners, and so did basically all the people you mentioned. The cosplayers, there tends to be, there's been more and more of them, right? It's like a, glo- a growing thing, mm-hmm. and that adds to like it makes it sort of like a theme park almost when you walk in and there's a Johnny and there's Vraska and there's you know Una and there's Elspeth and and they're just walking around. Uh, <laughs> it's it's one of the cool things about the GP experience. And then, of course, you know, we've talked about all this stuff, but you can also play Magic at the Magic Grand Prix. Very surprising. And we're not even talking again about the main event. We're talking about side events. So, Jimmy, do you want to explain sort of what a side event is for those people that
0: may not know? Yeah. So when you go into a Grand Prix, you'll often see giant banners that will say uh, event schedule. And on each of the days, they'll say Friday, Saturday, in GP Vegas's case, that schedule went Wednesday all the way through Sunday. Uh, but the side event is essentially all of the other events that aren't the main event. And there are a lot of different ways to get involved here. So the one that I love to do is the, you can fire an eight-person draft of the most recent format. Uh, and that you would call those like one of those a in on demand event, which means it's like once you get eight people, this thing is ready to go. They also have stuff like on-demand standards. So once eight people are ready to play a mini standard tournament, that will also fire. And then they have a lot more organized events. So for instance, they'll do a lot of different sealed tournaments over the weekend. Uh, at Grand Prix Vegas, there were a couple of um, hey, check it out! I'm going to get you a you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go play in a Modern Masters 2017 sealed event with double the prize payout. And the way that these tournaments work is that at the end, if you win or get second place you actually get prize ticks for the most part. I think most Grand Prix do this now. And those prize ticks can be redeemed at the prize wall. So for instance, if you want to get boosters of a certain product, you pay X number of tickets. And they'll also have tons of singles and other things in the cases where you can pay tickets to get those prizes. Now, in the side events, that are also standard in modern tournaments. Sometimes they have PTQs. Uh, they also have these things called last chance events where you can earn buys for the main tournament by playing in a smaller tournament before that act, the main event actually starts. So there's a whole list of different things that you can do with a side event. If you want to, like, check it out, I would just go and look at an old Grand Prix schedule and look at the daily event schedule to get a good idea of what sort of things you can participate in.
1: Yeah, they have really awesome stuff. Like, uh, GP Vegas had the history of drafts. So they went through and basically, you know, in order, you, you could jump in and do like, you know, all the old sets. You could do drafts, you know, there was World Wake and Rise of the Eldrazi and there was Planar Chaos and Future Side and all that stuff. And these are things that are hard for you to have a chance to do normally, right? Like your LGS is just isn't going to fire a Planar Chaos draft ever. <laughs> yeah, never. You know, and every once in a while in Magic Online, they might have a flashback where they do that for like one week out of the year. But this is an ability to actually open those packs, draft those cards, play them, and keep them. And then, like you said, you can win tickets. And the great thing about the prize wall is that it usually is like if I play an Amonkhet draft, well, I'm going to get Amonkhet packs at the end of that draft, which is not as exciting as being able to sort of collect tickets and maybe, you know, Take down a couple of drafts or, or do well in a couple of drafts and then add that all up and get like, I don't know, an onslaught starter deck or something.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool the stuff that's offered at prize walls and it's always different at every Grand Prix based on who's running the event, uh, how big the event is. So for me, that's that's my favorite game to play, which is going to the prize wall the first thing, looking at what I want, and then figuring out what events I can play to help get the tickets to get that thing. And there's not just organized...
1: So, the, so all those side events, again, you would of course, have to pay to enter those on an individual basis. And some of them you'll, you'll get a playmat and other things. But you can also play Magic, just Commander or Casual Magic, for absolutely free. So the GP is going to be in a large area. They're either going to have an area that's sort of dedicated to uh, sort of side tables and stuff where nothing's going on and there's just tables available. Or there's going to be a bunch of empty tables that aren't being used you know at that moment and usually this is the place where commander and casual magic players will gather and you can literally just find games of that stuff commander of course to our listeners Uh, that's what i like to do and a lot of times if you just bring your commander decks in it won't be hard to spot the people playing commander because our decks are really tall and our games get crazy and you know another format has like four people playing against each other (laughs) and you usually can find that area and and you know, there's all kinds of people walking through just going, hey, anybody want to play commander? And it's not hard to find a game. And, you know, I know like Jake Travers would go to like GPLA and literally play commander the entire time. And I think over like the two day period, he played like 39 games of
0: commander, you know, that's, that's what you can do at a GP. You can just always find games of that stuff. Yeah, you can treat it like an extended game night with brand new players over a two day period. You know, you're, you're definitely going to be able to find people to play Commander with you. And for us, you know, this is how we got to play most of our games with other people as well on the last day of GP Vegas, um, as well as getting games with Cassius Marsh. You know, like it's a great chance to meet new people. And of course, the prize entry the prize is getting to play Commander, and the entry fee is
1: $0. Yeah. And, and, you know, at GP Vegas, they had, like, a whole area of round tables, basically. We would be like, okay, meet us at the round tables. And that became the commander area. And you could regularly see, like, the Commander-in guys, Phil, Sean, Shivam there, the Commander's Brew guys, Andy, Hull, and Sean Tabaris. Yeah. You know, like you said, Cassius was in there. Jason Alt was in there all the time. I saw Adam Soborski, Trick Jarrett. Like, this is where those people were going to just find fun games of Commander. And that happens... maybe to a lesser scale as far as all the personalities involved, but that type of thing happens at all GPs, so you can easily walk into a GP with a a couple, you know, with your bag with a couple Commander decks in it and have fun all day without spending a cent um, just playing Commander, and it's a great way. It's it's just awesome, basically.
0: Yeah, and I would even recommend bringing a Modern deck or a Standard deck or a Legacy deck if you have them, and you're going to be able to find people that just want to jam games of that as well, so, you know, keep your options open. Now, finally... (laughs) after all this, we're going to talk about the main event, which is sort of why the GP exists in the first place. Uh, This is what people watching from home on Twitch are going to see the most of. You're not going to see coverage of the side events and stuff. The main event uh, is the tournament that dominates the majority of people uh, playing at a GP. So over this last week... I don't even even know if that's true anymore. The side events and the casual stuff may be more people total than the main event. I think it depends, but like for instance, over this last weekend, there were nine thousand people playing in main events at GP Vegas. Well,
1: some of that was overlap, though, right? Some people played in uh, in more than one. But I get what you're saying. It's definitely a huge chunk of people, probably the single largest, like single chunk of people.
0: Yeah, and they're all doing the same thing. So usually, you know, if it's a standard tournament, you're going to see a larger turnout than for Legacy, uh, just because the ability to jump into that format's a lot easier. Uh, but there is a feature match area usually where they can have up to four different uh, people playing other people on camera, and that's what's going to be broadcast to Twitch. And there's also going to be a coverage team area where you'll see familiar faces like Marshall Sutcliffe, Louis Scott Vargas, Gabby Spartz, Rich Hagen, and all those guys and girls running that coverage team. Megan and Maria doing text coverage, Corbin Hossler. Um, So they'll be doing coverage and covering all of the... Uh, the matches throughout the day, they'll be replaying old matches and making them turbo matches and sort of speeding through them so they can get as much magic coverage in as possible. And that's what you see on twitch.tv slash Magic uh, when it is airing is the main event. Uh, so it's going to be all one format, and it's going to be played throughout two days, and then you end with a t- cut to top eight and then a top eight tournament.
1: Yeah, and that's where you'll sort of see someone at the end holding a trophy. You know, they usually hold the trophy towards camera, (laughs) and it's on the magic, uh, it's on the Wizards website, and that kind of embodies what I think most people think the GP experience is, but for a lot of us, that's not what it is at all. In fact, when I'm there, I have no idea what's happening in the main event, because I'm so busy with side events, playing, you know, games of Commander, looking for cool stuff I want to buy at the vendors. You know, the main event to me is almost like a sidebar to what I'm doing at the GP, and you know, it's only when I'm at home and not at the GP that I even know what's going on as far as, like, who's in the top eight, who won the thing, who's doing well, what decks they're playing. Yeah, totally. So there's also other things, and this is something that's kind of evolving and changing, and and the GP, how GPs work has definitely been upgraded, I think, in the last few years, and it's continuing to change as Channel Fireball, who's going to run all GPs next year, starts to see what other possibilities there are and what other things they can include that will draw in a wider audience. And I think this is one of the great things about GPs. And again, this is pushing us more towards a sort of convention setting. So these are like special events or attractions uh, at the GP. Again, that don't revolve around
0: the main event. So. Yeah, uh, my favorite part, honestly.
1: Yeah, this is some of the coolest stuff. So GP Vegas had, The Magic Art Show, and this is the first time this was ever done. It was organized by Mike Lineman, uh, who is at Vorthos Mike on Twitter, Josh Krause, Rico Evangelo, and uh, Brian Walters. They had raised over $20,000 on Kickstarter. They gathered over 200 pieces of magic art, which was worth about $750,000, all insured, of course. And they set up an art gallery Uh, inside one of the side rooms at GP Vegas where you could go through and and view all the arts and you could be sort of tour guided through by one of you know many cosplayers Uh, and Mike told me that they had around 2,000 unique people visit and it was such a huge smashing success that Mike's planning and and his crew are you know hopefully planning to do this at other GPs in the future so uh, this is a very cool thing and again a new thing and I would look for more stuff like this, not just the art show, but but people doing things that they're like, you know what would be cool at a GP? Let's add this piece or this attraction. And this was a, a cool thing. Did you get a chance to check it out, Jimmy?
0: Yeah, I barely got to look into it, but it was really sweet. I remember seeing the Kickstarter go up and, and just think to myself, wow, this is a great idea. I don't know why we don't do this more often. Uh, my friend Andrew went in and he is a very new player to Magic, but he said that was his single favorite part of the Grand Prix because... He was never able to really fully appreciate the art on the card because he, you know, it's so small and when it's printed. But seeing all that stuff up close, seeing the different kinds of art and the different kinds of artists that were out there and the vast range of styles that Magic has seen was really fascinating to him. And I think that is by far one of the best parts of the game. Even for people that are super spiky and only care about winning, the art is still really beautiful. And being able to showcase that in a way that I think anyone on the street could have walked into that art show and had a nice time, you know? And that, that's a great thing that ties magic together and ties the, the community together. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Great job by Vorthos Mike and his team. Uh, kudos to those guys. Yeah. There was also, and this has happened at a few GPs, but maybe not to this scale, there was a very large stage area at this GP. So they had a big set of bleachers set up. They had a stage area. Um, they had sort of a ginormous-sized
0: playmat, put out onto the ground yeah it looks like the playmats they use on the pro tour when you have the giant planeswalker symbol in the middle Uh, but this is what they were calling it the arena and this is where everyone would have their panels this is where we had our live podcast and it had seating for probably like i don't know 80 to 100 people on bleachers and so it was a really cool way to you know make a presentation space for people that wanted to hold a panel and talk about different stuff or explain, you know, the panels stretched from having, you know, a live D&D session with magic uh, people in the community at, to doing a live podcast, to doing a bunch of different giveaways. But one of the coolest things that I thought was there was a huge sand sculpture. So they brought in 50 tons of sand hired these Crazy. guys called the Sand Guys, and they built this incredible structure that was completely Amonkhet-themed on both sides with the uh, sort of the the new gods, like the three gods that we didn't know about sort of encased, entombed on the back and on the front. You could see all this cool iconography from the Amonquet series with the Bolas horns and everything. And they used this as a huge part of the reveal event Uh, for the Wizards panel where they had a guy dressed in Bolas tearing it down and pulling out a huge oversized card. And that's how they revealed the Scorpion God for the first time to the world. And that was, that was awesome. I mean, what a cool way to, uh, to for people alive to see something that awesome and related to the next set.
1: Yeah, it was really sweet. Uh, I would just watch those sand sculpting guys go at it because it was amazing what they were doing. Um, Then they also used that area. So they revealed the card out of the sand. And then they used that area to play like a huge game of magic. And by huge game, I mean, they used those like really oversized cards. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure Terry will put up some video of it, but they have a bunch of people playing magic with oversized cards. They're basically the cards are the size of a person. And they used this to reveal some of the new cards for Hour of Devastation. They had a big crowd set around. It was, like, a, a big cool event where you were seeing cards for the first time, and it was pretty funny. Like, Nicol Bolas, the character, was playing on one side of, of the game. So uh that was pretty sweet i mean jimmy we were pretty busy but i did
0: get to watch it later yeah uh, i watched it later online i remember being in the bounty event at that time and just hearing screaming just a lot of yelling and screaming as they revealed these crazy cards and, and did all this fun stuff and of course if you're seeing someone crash into a giant scan sand sculptor that's taken two days to carve you're going to be cheering them on too yeah so true uh and
1: like you said so they then they used the stage area for panels and live episodes of different shows. This this was very much like a convention because conventions have panels and things with speakers. And you already went through some of them, but we did a Q and A panel, sort of a YouTube creators Q and A panel where we were up there with Wedge, the professor, Graham from Loading Ready Run, Aaron Campbell was the moderator for us. Um, we did a live episode of the Command Zone there. We had a really good turnout. Uh, I think about 100 people. We gave away a ton of stuff. Uh, that episode, boy, our release schedule is a little messed up because of GP Vegas. So I'm not sure when that episode is coming out, but it's probably a little bit after this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got a lot of questions from the audience. That was a ton of fun. We had uh, Olivia dressed as Liliana, like handing out our prizes, which was awesome. You know, also, Magic the Amateur did a live show. Uh, commander in podcast did a live show loading ready run did something up there you talked about jeremy noel ran a D campaign uh prof and wedge did a live episode of the, their podcast dies to removal which they haven't done an episode in forever <laughs> yeah that was great to see the stage area was just a really cool addition to the grand prix and something you could sort of walk by and check out what was going on or you could look at the schedule and, and cherry pick things you wanted to see but it just it really rounded out everything out, right? It's not yeah. it's not just magic, it's not just buying stuff. There's also some basically entertainment
0: there. Um, and I really like free popcorn, so go, Oh, yeah, they had a popcorn machine and they gave out free popcorn, that was awesome. They thought of everything. Um, finally, one of the uh, last things that you could have done at the spe- this special event, uh, for Vegas specifically, would be spell slinging slash bounty events. So, uh, on the I think every day they had a period of time where you could spell sling against well-known members of the community. So you would just have to go right outside the convention halls and join a pretty short line, and there would be a bunch of us lined up. Uh, for instance, when we did it, it was Christine Sprankle and myself, Josh, and Cassius Marsh. Uh, just sitting there waiting to play Magic with whoever wanted to come by. So, and, and Melissa de Toro, don't forget. We oh, had all Melissa the was there too, that's right. Yeah, we had all the knights, the game nights lined up. Yeah, so you, you could go up and you could either say like, hey, I want to play a Mini Masters, which is like a sealed deck with one booster pack of Ammon Kent, and we would provide a free pack. Or you could be like, hey, you want to play one-on-one Commander? Hey, do you want to play Legacy? Do you want to play Modern? And if they had enough decks, you would just sit there and play against someone else. It was a really fun way to engage with people on a sort of 1v1 basis.
1: Yeah, it was great. People were coming up, and they were getting to play with the different content creators, and there's Magic Pros. I saw Kenji there. I saw Frank Karsten there. I saw Paul Cheon there. I saw—the list is very long of all the people. Cedric Phillips was in there. So a chance for, you know, people that are coming to the GP to get FaceTime with those people and get to play a game with them. Also, you know, you just kind of got free packs. You know, the funny thing, I don't know how you did it, Jimmy, but— People come up to play Mini Masters, which is a game where you each crack a booster pack. You add three of each land, and then you shuffle it up, and you just play one against the other. And at the end, I would just give them all my cards. They would get all the cards they opened. A lot of times, they'd win a couple packs. It was just like free value.
0: Yeah, I just gave a ton of stuff away. I was like, I don't really care about winning. I care about you having a good time. Yeah, so the value is real.
1: And then there's also bounty events. So these are kind of like side events. They're usually sealed. They don't have to be. Um, where you enter them in the main convention hall as a side event, maybe like a sealed event, and these can be fairly large. Jimmy, we were in one that I think was a couple hundred people, so it's kind of like a yep. very big. It's kind of like a very big pre-release because you don't register the decks like you would for a PTQ. But the bounty part of it is that there will be sort of community members and professionals and, and Wizards of the Coast employees may be involved in the bounty event. So, for instance, Jimmy and I, Cassius Marsh, we're all in the same bounty event. Uh, Jeremy Knoll was in there, Adam Staborski, a few others. And if you happen to come wedge. across... Yeah, Wedge. If you happen to come across one of these people in, you know, you get paired with them as one of your matches, and you win that game, you get additional prizes. You collect the bounty on that person. So the EV, expected value of a tournament like this, can be very high because even if you sort of wouldn't normally you know, be in the top tables because maybe you lost your first match or something, you could still beat one of the named people and collect a bunch of extra prize tickets just for sort of knocking that person uh, out. Well,
0: not out of the tournament, but just, just winning that match, basically. Yeah, you take their bounty, which is like some sweet prize tickets. Unless, of course, you're like me and Josh, who in the 200 plus tournament just happened to get paired in round one. <laughs> So, yeah, there's like 220 people in the tournament. We look at the pairings. It's me versus Jimmy in round one. <laughs> and then fortunately, though, we just gave our tickets to the people next to us. So we still got to give a ton of free, unexpected EV to those people, which was great. And Jimmy is too modest. He kicked, he whooped my butt. I had a good so. pool. Uh, yeah, well, Terry made a gif of it, of, of one pack I opened, Glyph Keeper and Kefnet the Mindful as a foil. So it was just like, we're playing blue. <laughs> I had a good I had a decent pool too. You played well. I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna cop out behind you at a good pool. You just beat me. Fair and square, dude. That was yeah, there was one pretty dis- deciding play uh where I don't know what the total if who got two for one at the end of it, but I felt like I came out on top of that exchange. Yeah, you got me good. You All got right. me good. <laughs> um but those are
1: super fun and another way to interact with a lot of community members. So there are just a plethora of things to do at a GP. It's super fun. I know people again are hesitant to try these things out. I cannot encourage you enough. Hopefully the video you're seeing from from the Grand Prix that Terry's taken and cut together here is helping to encourage you and show you what an awesome time it is. But we're not done yet. Oh no,
0: Be- we are not done yet at all because well, sometimes sometimes when Josh and Jimmy go to Vegas, they decide to get a little crazy.
1: <laughs> this one got <laughs> it got a little out of hand even above what we were planning. So you know we've been talking about it this is a thing that can happen at gps because people are hanging around right you gather a bunch of magic players all in the same spot and they don't just they're not just around for the hours the gp is open they're there those evenings and stuff as well and so there's other things that occur there's hangouts people go to dinner and big groups and we decided to throw uh, a sequel to our gathering so we'd done one in 2015 and we'd approximated at the time of planning that we thought, you know, somewhere around 70 people would show up. We got <laughs> we got over 200. So this year we said, okay, maybe like 300 people will show to this one. We started planning, and uh, it got a little bit bigger than
0: that. So Yeah. we I remember telling people at the GP when we saw them, hey, are you coming to the party? They're like, yeah, I'm like, all right, yeah, try and show up around 8 right when it starts. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah, we'll show up around then. So we show up at 7 p.m. to start setting up, and we notice immediately that there are not enough tables uh, to fit. You know, the tables are very spread out, and it looks as though, like, oh, man, we're going to fill these up really fast. So uh, Josh was working with this really awesome lady, Kelly, from the Plaza, who worked with us last time. And we were like hey can we get more tables and chairs here also around 7 p.m. people start showing up an hour that, that, early <laughs> that
1: was a big indicator to me that uh-oh we're going to have a lot of people because if people are showing up an hour early oh, like yeah. not not just like one or two people we had like 15 people show up an hour early which was a blessing in disguise because we needed a lot of help getting all the tables you know moved and then set up we basically walked in the door, and there was a there was about 30 tables that could seat eight people, which is 240 people. And we knew at that point that was not going to be enough, so we basically asked Kelly, how many more tables can we get? We'll jam as many
0: as we can in here. She brings out, like, another 30 tables. Yep.
1: We and set all them all
0: up. Of, all of our helpers, too, thank goodness they're there because these things are heavy and long. So people just started taking tables and just... Production lining it all the way down, setting the tables up, flipping them over, putting the tablecloths on, putting the chairs around them, and and also moving every other table and chair in there so that we could fit it all in. It was awesome. Uh, it's yet more evidence that the commander community is
1: is the greatest there is. They didn't even blink. They were like, "Yep, what do you need?" They what got on need? it. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, they were like, they were just powered through it. We got it set up in like literally like fifteen minutes, and we gave everybody that helped us out uh, some raffle tickets because. The next thing we had to do was set up sort of our raffle area, our prize area. We had, you know, a ton of product. So I got to give a big shout out here to Phil DeLuca and to my cousin Ryan Reyna, who we had had so much product and so many prizes and giveaways uh, sort of collected for GP Vegas and this gathering that... When we got it all gathered back in L.A., we were like, how are we going to get this this to Vegas? Because Jimmy and I had already planned our flights and everything. We hadn't really thought about it. But we had boxes and boxes of stuff. We had seven cases of Conspiracy 2. We had, you know, Ultra Pro had donated, like you said, 300 sets of heavy metal D20 dice. This was a box that weighed a ton because these are metal dice. Yeah, And so... What we had to do is figure out transport for all this stuff. We had T-shirts from Card Kingdom. We had, you know, free giveaways from Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest. We had tons of binders and bags and and sleeves and deck boxes. And we had a giant uh, stuffed animal-style st- store D20. We oh, had, yeah. We had all kinds of stuff, right? And so... I, we're like literally calling people and being like, are you driving to, uh, to Vegas from LA? You got any room in your yeah. trunk? Like, what can we throw in there? And between Phil DeLuca and Ryan Reyna, we were able to fit uh, all this stuff and they, you know, drove that stuff out with them. And let me tell you, it took up a lot of space in those people's cars. Uh, so big thanks to them. And they show up at this point, it's about 7.30 or so. Um, and they're dropping off all the products and, you know, big shout to those guys. And, and then man, the place is half full
0: it's not 8.
1: Yeah, it's like 7.45, we look out, the place is half full. It, the, the party doesn't start yet for 15 <laughs> minutes. I mean, what, is, was that the point you knew, like, we're in a little
0: bit of trouble here? Like, as far as the attendance is going to be much higher than we thought? I tried to just not think about it. I was like, you know what? The seats <laughs> aren't filled up yet. If people need to figure it out, hopefully they're okay sitting on the ground. That's why we're a good team, Jimmy, because you tried to not think about it and I could think of nothing less <laughs> or nothing <Yeah>. else. <laughs> That's true. But the, the cool thing is, is as these people filtered in, uh, we had Shivam at the front and um, our other help was Andrew, Ryan, Kenny and Vinny were all there to essentially be like, hey, come on in. Welcome to the party. Have some free dice from Ultra Pro. And... And Shivan would like flag the people over and, and everyone else would be there to help sort of facilitate getting everyone all the stuff, answering them questions about how the raffle worked and all that. And we gave over 300 sets of these giant metal dice. And there's a picture, we may have already shown it this episode, but a picture of everyone holding their dice up very proudly uh, saying, check it out. We got some free dice. And that was, I, I think that was the, my, my favorite part of the entire night was just that we could award everyone that just came to this event.
1: Yeah, big shout to Ultra Pro. I mean, I'm talking, these dice are super high quality. They're not cheap. They're like $15 for the set of two. It's not like we gave away like cheapy dice. They're like hard metal, you know, hefty dice. Yeah, big shout to Shivam, who just volunteered, came up and was like, you guys need help. You know, because I've been telling people this, Jimmy, we're we're stupid. (laughs) Like, we tried to run an event that I think the grand total was over 500 people for sure, maybe close to 600 people. And we tried to run that with basically four guys. Yeah. And one of them one of them was a cameraman, so he had to shoot stuff a lot. You know, that's Terry. So we were our plan was to basically me and you and Andrew to run an event that was way over our heads. So people like Shivam coming up, my cousin Ryan sat basically behind the raffle stage the whole time just tearing raffle tickets so we would have enough. Vinny was instrumental. Kenny helped us with the the drafts. I mean, people coming up and just volunteering their time when, you know, I really I, I feel a little bad because I want them to enjoy the party, but it did help us so much. Yeah. Um big thanks to those guys because we're because we're dumb.
0: Yeah. But you know, it was great though, because without their help, we would not be have been able to give out seven cases worth of conspiracy two drafts. Uh about an hour into the night, we called everyone up and said, Hey, if you want to draft Conspiracy Two, Line up against the wall or make your own pods of eight and then come up and just grab three packs and go draft Conspiracy 2. And uh, Ryan was also in the back making little crowns, uh, if you remember, for the Conspiracy 2 drafts because Monarch was going to be something that was coming into play. So, And yeah, seven cases of Conspiracy 2 drafts. That is so much magic being played. Yeah, that's 42 booster
1: boxes worth of packs. I can't do the math on how many individual packs, but we went through it all, too. That tells you how many people were there. We gave out literally every single last pack. A few people got to draft twice. Uh, Like you said, we had monarch crowns for most of the tables. Again, we underestimated, so maybe every table didn't have them. We gave raffle tickets out so that the winners of each pod would be able to be entered in the raffle. And so then we would stop down... Every I don't know thirty minutes or so, and we would give stuff away through the raffle.
0: Yeah, we, we had we had a lot of stuff. Yeah, we had a ton of stuff. What do we have to give away, Jimmy? So the big three prizes of the night were an at precon, uh, which is very hard to find, a box of eternal masters, and a masterpiece soul ring. And then someone at the event, an incredibly gracious individual, donated a bunch of foil cards. He just came up to me and said, "Give these away." And there was a Judge Foil promo mana crypt in there. There was a From the Vault Soul Ring it, Foil. It was just insane. I was just like, "This is incredible. This is, this is almost as big as the rest of our prizes." And this guy just came up and just gave it to me for free. So I was very honored that someone would go that length uh, to help support the event. And you know, a huge shout out to him again. But yeah, we also had tons of Ultra Pro binders, bags, sleeves. We had some of those Zelda sleeves, uh, and just so much cool stuff that we were able to give away to people. It, it just felt great being able to, you know have someone scream out, hooray, you know, after you yelled out the the raffle number because people were buying raffle tickets all night. And that was that was just a really fun thing to see.
1: Yeah, it was great. The turnout was great. We had a lot of magic personalities were there. Again, Olivia was there. She was our Liliana cosplay. Uh, we had tons of magic personalities. Uh, BDM, Brian David Marshall was there. Randy
0: Bueller, Christine Playing, Sprank. Randy played his first uh, ever commander deck, which was really fun to see too.
1: Yeah, he would built a commander deck, never played a game, crushed, um, I think, Vinny and, like, Andy Hull and yeah. and, Sh- and Shiva, I think. Uh, Christine Sprankle was there out of costume, which I loved because Christine doesn't get a lot of chance to just, you know, not be in costume, so that was great. Uh, Jason Alt Trick Jared, Ruben Bressler was there, the commanders gu- Commander guys, the Commander's Brew guys. Uh, Graham, James, Adam from Loading Ready Run, Jeremy Knoll, Alice Kessler, and Ben Bateman basically landed from their plane and took a cab straight over. We were storing their suitcases sort of in our safe area behind the raffle because they didn't even stop at their hotel first. Vinny from Game Nights also did the same thing uh i'm sure i'm missing a lot of people that were there there was a dude dressed as a banana i think his name was austin <laughs> yeah
0: shout out to the banana guy yeah uh, it was i mean well not to mention a ton of our patrons also were there and oh yeah a ton of our subscribers so it was great seeing people come up to say hey i support you on patreon and i would like give them the whole like thanks man like you and me like we we cool you know <laughs> and it give them was some raffle ama- tickets too
1: it was straight amazing i think You know, I'm very proud of what we were able to pull off, and I I tweeted this out, and I think it was true. I think that we managed to gather the largest single amount of commander players in one space in history. What a night! What a night! I had Gavin Dugan, who's on the rules committee, walk up and chat with me about it, and he just had the hugest grin on his face because he just was just surveying the scene. You know, he came up. He stood next to me. He's grinning. He's just looking out across all these commander players in this format that he helped build. And he just turned to me and he goes, "Man, this format just works." <laughs> it really does. You know, and- it's like he almost had tears in his eyes, and I was like, "I was like, yeah, damn
0: right, it does, man. Look at this. It was great." Yeah, that was uh, that was the official GP commander, the first one, and hopefully not the last. So we can't promise parties like ours
1: happen at every GP, but they do happen at some of them. And, you know, there's nothing to say. Anyone else can't organize things like that. Mm-hmm. Four people did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, be smart. Be smarter than we were uh, if you're going to do something like that. You know, get an event coordinator. We're definitely doing that if we ever do it again. Uh, it, I don't know if we'll do it again. I'm still exhausted. <laughs> yeah,
0: me too.
1: Every time somebody says, so at the next party, you know, I throw open my mouth a little because I'm still like, <laughs> <laughs> I like i don't know if I can take
0: it. Um, but the moral of the story is GPs are awesome. Yep. You should go to one. You should, you should find one that's nearby uh, or try and conveniently plan a trip so that you can make it to one at least for a day. And, hey, at the very least, you can start saving up for GP Vegas in 2019 because uh, there's a good chance that it's, that it's happening and that we're all going to be there. Yeah. Vegas is the cream of the crop as
1: far as GPs. So if you can start setting your sights on that now, I would definitely, I would definitely say do it again. That's two years from now. So you can plan for it, but there are GPs all over the world and they happen all the time. The GP schedule. If you just Google it, you can find it. You can find one. Hopefully that's not too far away from your area.
0: They're great. They're great. Yeah. And, of course, uh, as always, a big thank you to our sponsors of the show that helped sponsor this huge party. CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone is the affiliate link that you can use to show your support for our show and for, you know, hey, if you didn't get to go buy from a vendor at the GP, you can just do it online at CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone instead. But, yeah, they gave out awesome stickers and T-shirts and stuff, so we are very thankful for their presence at our our live event.
1: And another big shout-out to Ultra Pro. Thanks for their support, as always. Thanks for all the stuff they had to give away at GP Vegas. Make sure you check out those Eclipse sleeves. They're awesome. I just got all my decks in them, and I was getting uh, compliments about those sleeves all weekend long. So big shout-out to them and their awesome products. All right. Now it's time for to the listeners. So if you've been to a GP – how did you enjoy it? And if you haven't been, and I think this is a lot of our listeners because casual magic people tend to, you know, have a misconception about GPs and maybe they haven't gone. What's keeping you away from going to the GP, you know, and
0: and are you reconsidering it now? I hope you are. I hope you are, uh, because even if you have some restrictions on it, you're unable to travel as much. I really, really hope that either a GP lands nearby where you live or you get a chance, and opportunity to find your way into a city that has one on that same weekend because it it is a blast. It really invigorated my love for Magic um, when I first started going, uh, started playing. I was going to my first GP and just my mind was blown. I, I had such a fun time. And you will too.
1: So we hope to see you at a GP in the future. We hope that this little guide to GPs and how they work has given you a little bit of confidence maybe that you didn't have to go check it out. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Yeah, what's
0: Crime Town, Josh?
1: Okay, so this is a little bit weird because the live episode we shot in GP Vegas hasn't aired yet, but we recorded it a week ago, so technically I talked about that end step before I talked about this end step, but they're (laughs) related. So I was listening to uh, another podcast called Up and Vanished, which I recommended on that live episode, which you guys haven't heard yet, but you will. And on that podcast, they recommended this other podcast called Crime Town. And Crime Town is a podcast by the guys that made that uh, that HBO series called The Jinx. And The Jinx was about a guy named Robert Durst, and it was about some unsolved murders. And it was one of those sort of like making a murderer serial type shows, but it sort of captured everybody's imagination. and And The Jinx actually managed to, unlike Serial uncover some things and maybe sort of break that case open. And so these guys have started a new podcast and it's called Crime Town and it's about Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, And it sort of starts in the seventies and it's very focused on like uh, the mafia and organized crime at that time, which is a subject that I has always fascinated me. You know, Goodfellas and Godfather are some of my favorite movies. And so it's just sort of a look at, you know, organized crime in Providence, Rhode Island, you know, from the 70s to now basically and it's very fascinating the stories coming out of that place and you know all, all those it's very like goodfellas or something like that talking about Indeed. mob mob bosses and and wise guys and and all that and all that stuff
0: hey if you're going to hazcon that takes place in rhode island as well so maybe a bit some good research before you get over there
1: that's true the question is is anybody going to hazcon i don't know <laughs> we don't know yet we don't know yet. Yeah, are, that's a good to the listeners. Are you guys going to Hascon? Is anybody going to Hascon? I don't yeah. know.
0: Should we go? I, Let me know. We
1: had we had our sights set on GP Vegas, so that kind of blinded us. But now we, we got to set our sights on something else. Maybe it's Hascon.
0: Maybe it is. Maybe it's also listening to another podcast
1: man, And that podcast could be our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern, Alice Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic, but they also talk a little bit about Commander recently because because at the GP, we managed to get Ben Bateman, who had built a Commander deck just for our party so that he could participate. (laughs) We managed to hook him We managed to bite him with the commander bug. He's now brewing commander, talking about commander. We got into an epic game with him, one of those two and a half hour long games. so epic. Where literally, it was so epic that people were standing around. Like Cassius Marsh is standing over my shoulder like watching the game near its end because it's that kind of game. I was literally playing my five color Nekusar deck. All of my win conditions had been milled out of my deck, so I'm literally swinging with Chromat, who (laughs) who I never play. And, and Ben and I are both sort of top-decking, and, well, Terry's got some video of it, so I'll let him play that here so you can see how it ends, but suffice it to say, Ben is now hooked on the Commander format, so we did it! We did it, boys. We, we got there. We, yep. We convinced the Masters of Modern guys. Well, Alex was always into Commander, but I'm assuming that they're going to now be called
0: the Masters of Commander. Uh hmm yeah yeah uh, just another commander podcast popping up on the scene maybe maybe if they're lucky they'll they'll get, be able to guest on our show
1: <laughs> so you can find them <laughs> on twitter at the mm cast or on collected.company right next to us
0: and the editor for the show as well as the filmer for all of the awesome footage you saw in this episode is terry robertson terry we're so glad that we got to have you out to gp vegas Uh, I'm sure you had a blast. You look like you're having a super fun time the entire time. So make sure you watch the video version of this podcast at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. If you want to see some awesome exclusive footage of GP Vegas, all of us playing around, some great little moments here and there. So make sure you check that out. And, of course, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who I finally got to meet at GP Vegas. You can find him on Twitter at The Living Cards MTG, and he does the really cool animations that start and end our show. So big thank you to both of those guys. You made this weekend great, and we are always indebted to you for your hard work. All right, everybody.
1: Big thanks to everybody we met at the GP. So many of you came up to us, shook our hands, thanked us for the content. That's what really keeps us going. So I just want to give a big shout to all the people that did that, the ones that weren't there. We hope to see you at the next one. And in the meantime, thanks for watching and listening.
0: And we'll see you soon.
1: Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at
0: rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee See you later, alligator. Greetings,
1: humans. (laughs) (laughs)